0: Hi, hi. This is Nathaniel, and this is Trevin. Welcome to Rest a Spell. I hope you enjoy it. Come in. Let me tell you, we've been preparing all day. Yep. We've had the the teas, the tea is boiling.
1: hmm The poetry book is open. Mm, our guest is arriving,
0: and our ears are ready to listen.
1: Yes, it is. So just come in today and so rest, rest a spell.
0: Well, welcome everyone to Rest a Spell. Um, first and foremost, let's introduce our our guest. Let me tell you this is one this cat's built different it's the one and only coach aaron mingo how are you doing there coach i'm doing
2: great <laughs> thanks guys it's it's exciting to uh, just uh finally meet you after exchanging some mm. emails and, and hearing mm-hmm. from different guys on the team that that you guys are also cats that are built different and uh <laughs> they said i asked the question i said who are these guys they have a weird uh name for their radio show that's and, true and uh unique and and obviously creative and i said is this a, is a good idea for me to go on this and and uh, they said absolutely, uh, without any hesitation. And, and uh, mm-hmm. so I said, "All right, let's let's send it and let's get on there." Yeah,
0: you want to turn his levels up just a bit. He's at yep. a good distance. Yep. Um, would you like are, to tell him? Maybe with this help, Trevin, Maybe you should tell him the history behind the. I don't know. Have we even discussed this on air of what the how we got the show's name?
1: I th- I think we have. Okay. Um, but like last year, Nathaniel, we were not roommates last year. And he would just say, come in, rest a spell to his room all the time. You I was like, oh, I love that. Love that. And then we decided we're going to room together. We're really good friends, and we decided we're going to room together. I bought a doormat at the end of the year last year that says, come in, rest a spell.
0: One of the nicest gifts anyone has ever given.
1: And you. so now it's outside of our room, and it says, come in, rest a spell. And then we started a station, and we're like, oh, well, let just have to keep the name now. Use that <clears> as our name. So that's how we kind of got it. Yeah. You, um, you might be able to trademark it. I, I don't yeah. know if I've ever heard... Um, Heard that uh, phrase mm-hmm. before, so I don't know if you checked me, into that me at either.
2: all. And me yeah. I did do a quick Google search and uh, make sure it wasn't some witchcraft saying or something <laughs> weird, right? And uh, did not find it anywhere. So yeah, it's, hey,
0: hey, business opportunities popping left and right. <laughs> That's
1: a good thing it wasn't a rich cap calf, calf touch to me because we did not look it up.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we did not do any research on it. <laughs> um, um, oh, go ahead, oh. go ahead. Uh, so one thing that I have been really interested in is because, as some of the listeners might know, we live with a lot of football players. Um, In fact, our roommate is Levi Frazier, and he's a quarterback on the team. Some of our best friends, Brandon Smith, Tyler Watson, Mitchell Canada, all on the team. And so what happens is oftentimes the morale, like our morale, is based off of the football player's morale, right? Like if the team is doing well, we're doing well. If the team is not doing well, we're not doing well.
1: Well Well— and, if the team, yeah, like, or relief, like, you yeah, know, that's a, like, a good like, opportunity. You can,
0: we can tell, like, the, it's very, like, especially during football season, the pulse of, like, where we live is very much directed by the football team. Mm-hmm. And one thing I think both Trevin and I have been absolutely astounded by this year compared to any other year is the different type of energy and the different type of attitude that all of the football players seem to be bringing this year and just how they live, like, their daily life um so i have and i think a big part of that has been built up to culture that's the thing that we keep hearing over and over again um and so one thing that i have just been dying to ask you is to you what does it mean to build a culture and why is that so important because like it has like even just as a non-football player it has been so tangible to see that that shift
2: yeah Um, well that's a that's a great question um i actually said this to somebody yesterday it's not a quote that i created um, but i've heard it before culture eats strategy for breakfast um and and i believe it um everybody when they think about organizations and they think about football in particular they they first their mind goes to x's and o's and they think about um scheme and they think about fundamentals and those things are very very important and plans put them on
0: hold for a second (laughs) we already have a call in there we go (laughs) um
2: but they think about that stuff, and that stuff matters. It's, mm-hmm. it's not that it doesn't, but um, the culture is what's going to drive how well you execute that stuff anyways. Um, yeah. The culture wow. is going to drive how you how well you um, respond to adversity, mm-hmm. which football is guaranteed to, to have adversity show up each and every week, each and every Saturday, yeah. um, especially when you play in a conference like we play in. Um, the challenge that, that we've got in front of us is, is immense, and it's such a – um, awesome opportunity. Uh, I'm a guy that loves the challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, when you when you think about the, the culture, um, you know, that to me that's where it starts. Uh, we have yeah. to create a competitive DNA here that is uh, what I would say is excellent. We talk about competitive excellence and what that looks like. And, and also, uh, you know, I believe in doing football in a, in a way that um, matches up and aligns with Scripture and who God's called us to be. And so um, I want our guys to experience freedom in this game, which yeah. is so rare. Um, most people that play football, they get so bound up because there's this electronic thing in the corner of the end zone yeah. sitting up there constantly keeping score on how you're doing and and that thing matters and we and uh you know i, I don't i don't uh feed my family if it doesn't go well over time right mm-hmm. like it it absolutely matters and and i think any job that you do you, you need to there's there's scoreboards for it right and yeah. and you do need to have um you know you do need to have positive outcomes on that but um you can't allow your identity to get wrapped into that because if it does um, it's going to actually get in the way. It's going yeah. to cause you to stumble. It's going to cause you to make mistakes that you wouldn't normally make. It also can cause you to do things you wouldn't mm-hmm. think you were, would do. If it, if my ultimate pursuit in life is just winning, I treat our players different. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. If they make plays for me, then I love them. And if they don't, then I have no, then I have no use for them if I, if I truly only focus on winning. Yeah, um, you, you start to coach out of a transactional perspective versus a transformational perspective. And mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I just as a, as a follower of Jesus, um, it's it's so important, I think, that we that we do it different and we create a culture um, and an environment that is centered on love, centered, centered on God's word. Um, creating an, an incredible world-class experience for our players um, where they enjoy uh, coming to work every day, find mm-hmm. joy in the journey, um, learn to love the challenge. And, and and then when there is adversity or there's a disappointment, and we've had that on Saturdays, right? Like the Saturdays have not gone how we'd want them to go uh, for the mm-hmm. most part this season. Um, how do we respond to that? And I, and I tell the team that often, it's our response to um, adversity, our response to disappointment is going to dictate how future how future outcomes are. And, mm-hmm. and I think our guys buy into that. Um, um, it's certainly when you come on a Monday and watch us after a disappointing Saturday, we're not celebrating the fact that, that we came up short. We're disappointed in that. But our work, you wouldn't be able to tell by how mm. hard we attack it and how yeah. positive our guys are. There's a resiliency that's being created, uh, a mental toughness that is being created. And it's going to lead to um, a lot of future success, and, and hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah. <laughs> we're working hard at that every day. Yeah. Um, but that's the type of culture we're, we're really working to create here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have a call. I've never this done is this. is our first caller.
0: Oh, I've never done first, this before. First ever. First ever call in. Um,
1: if you can go ahead and speak, caller. Uh, Maybe he's talking to the phone. Let one a second.
0: On. Let me see. Oh, I think you still have them on hold.
1: I can't. Uh, um, yes, I
0: have a question. The, okay, there it is. Can you turn, guys hear him? Yeah, try and turn it up. Mr. Dierres, can you speak up? I believe this is will the call.
1: Will you speak, in. will you say your name and your, um, mm, position? Or, how you know Coach Mingo? Um, I'm a, uh, regular Taylor student.
0: It's not I showing up on the recording.
1: Go to the football games sometimes. <laughs> is it? I'm a big fan. Um. <laughs> uh, <laughs> My question is, uh, suppose you have been given an elephant and you can't give it away or sell it, what would you do with
2: it? <laughs> suppose I've been given an elephant and I can't give it away or sell it, what would I do with it?
0: it sounds like that That doesn't. sounds like what it, what it was. Okay.
2: that is a, I've never been asked that question before. <laughs> um that's very fitting with your, your, your name of your show, by the way. Rest of spell where. Mm-hmm. there's a lot of unknowns here. Yeah. suppose I was given an elephant and I couldn't give it away or sell it.
1: What would you do with it? What I do with it?
2: <laughs> I mean I, you know I, I would first of all, I'd make sure that I have a, a backyard big enough to, to house the elephant. Um, I probably would learn how to tame the elephant so it doesn't, it doesn't overtake um, my life and, and uh, conquer me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you, know, I definitely would probably want to ride the elephant a little bit. You know, That'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd be pretty awesome, and and I'd probably turn it into a little enterprise of selling uh, selling admission tickets make, to make him see my pet elephant. So. And
0: again, another business opportunity exactly. popping <laughs> up left <laughs> and right. <laughs> There's no sor- shortage. <laughs> he's yeah, so a coach, but he's <laughs> also an entrepreneur. Let me tell that, that,
2: you, <laughs> that's right. So uh, not something I've ever thought of, but uh, mm-hmm. that's probably where I would head.
0: Yeah. So kind of coming back to that, uh, the idea of culture. What are like some of the practical steps? that you've learned help to like, especially in your leadership style that have helped you to develop that?
2: Yeah, that's that's great. Well, first off, you have to identify um, why why do why do we do what we do Um, and think about um, like why, why does football exist at Taylor university? Like what's the purpose of it? And a lot of people don't think about that stuff. They, they look at football and it just happens to exist. They think about a radio show like this and it's just, well, we just happen to do it because we enjoy doing it. And I think enjoyment is a part of it. I think even for mm-hmm. football, it's like, there's a performance that happens on Saturdays and, and there is enjoyment that is as a part of what we're doing. But, um, I see a, a much bigger purpose behind why Taylor should have football and. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, when we, uh, what that looks like is it makes this place better. Um, mm-hmm. we, uh, we call it kingdom impact. We really have four pillars. And, and that's the fourth one we talk about is, is being great stewards with the gifts and talents that God's given us, um, and impacting his kingdom for, for good and mm-hmm. um, advancing his kingdom and doing our part to do that and, um, being ambassadors for Christ. And so, um, I want our football players, it's like what you talked about, um, with your roommates. Uh, that is kingdom impact. The fact that in adversity, you know, that those guys do not enjoy losing. There's yeah. nobody on the planet that enjoys losing the fact that you're able to tell me that our guys, their morale is still high. They're choosing to respond to it with positivity is impacting who you guys are. And mm-hmm. even your experience at Taylor, that's, that's what I want for our guys. And, um, that's what I, the type of impact I want for them. And, and, and when you think about when they graduate this place, the, the way they're going to be able to impact the world with the lessons that they learn through a, a simple game like football, it's incredible. Um, and, and that gets me really excited. But, you know, I mentioned uh, uh, Kingdom Impact being our, our fourth pillar. We have three other ones that really when I think about why does this thing exist, what are we setting out to do? Um, what's our purpose? Um, the three other pillars are, first of all, being a God-glorifying program where we really center everything we do on him and, and for his glory. Um, the second one for us is, is holistic development. What I mean by that is, is we don't just develop the a football player and a person, but we, we really focus on developing the whole person, their mind, their heart, um, coaching with an eternal perspective that understands that these guys have souls and, and they matter mm-hmm. and uh, never losing sight of that. Um, yeah. And then the third one for us is competitive excellence, and we talked about that a little bit ago. Mm. Um, but doing, doing this game in a way that looks different than probably what the rest of the world is doing, um, I mm-hmm. think God has a version of football out there for us that, that we're chasing after that's um, better than what you typically see. And um, I believe by staying true to our purpose, we're gonna be able to accomplish our vision, which is to become the leading Christian college football program in the country. Yeah. Um, and that, that's why I took the job at Taylor. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not interested, I've told the team this, I didn't come here to knit. <laughs> so um, I'm, not, I'm not interested in mediocrity. I'm not, it's just not, um, yeah. I, I don't wanna be around people that are. It's, a, it's um, I, I'm a pretty driven individual. Um, I believe that we are called to do things in an excellent manner. I think scripture is very clear about that. I think we're Mm -hmm. called to do things with our entire heart. And I want to make sure that, um, you know, everything you can as a football program to cultivate that and, uh, keep attacking that. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, it's, it's, and, and I believe that Taylor university football has the potential to accomplish that vision. I think it's a, that's a God sized dream. Um, that's not an easy task. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is something that's embedded in my heart and in my mind. I can't shake it. And I think you think about Taylor University and how dynamic of a place this is. There's no reason that Taylor football also can't be dynamic and really be the the leader when it comes to doing Christian college football.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I think one thing that, and one thing that I found just super interesting, especially about Taylor football. Um, but like, I would have never dreamed coming into Taylor that like, the football guys are as great of guys as they are. And that they are as genuine, caring, Christ follower, got like men, godly men as they were. And I would have never dreamed in like a million years that whatever, like five of my closest friends were, would be football players. Like I'm just this like short little guy that they could probably all beat up in a few in a good knockout and a good swift like <laughs> few seconds and that like they have grown to be like some of my closest guys. So I just think like what what has been the um like best part about coming to Taylor and like learning to about these guys
2: yeah well the best part's been those guys it's, yeah. it's what you mentioned um, and uh, I I didn't know it's, it's weird to say this um, but I, I don't know a better way to put it I didn't know I'd fall in love with with these guys as much mm-hmm. as I as much as I have um, you know just who they are the type of men they are um, the type of hearts they have the way they fight the way they compete the way they love each other um, the way they love God the way they're um, they're striving to um, grasp what we're trying to do they they are willing to show up day in, day out, and continue to fight um, the selflessness that they display, um, the response to adversity, like we talked about, how that's impacting people. Um, the level of buy-in, and that's so important when you're trying to build a culture, is, is is gaining trust of your team. I think that's the first responsibility of a leader is I have to gain trust of the team. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's there's intentional things that I've done there. I had a one-on-one meeting with, with the team, um, everybody over Zoom, the first week I was on the job. Mm-hmm. And I... You know, there's a lot of things that had to be done since the first week of June. And I said, no, the very first thing, even over hiring the staff, I got to do is I got to get on a Zoom call with, with every player in the program and um, just to start to build those relationships and to try yeah. to gain trust of these guys. And 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 so, um, you know, that's always a – that's an ongoing thing. You can – you get, it takes a while to usually gain trust. You can also lose trust very quickly. That's true. And, um, and so it's important to, to you know, maintain integrity, show consistency with your actions, you know, have clarity with, with your messaging, your vision um, with, with who you are, um, you know, definitely make, make sure that you're displaying a high level of character. That's how I think you create a a greater level of buy-in and trust. And so we're, we're working on that all the time as a coaching Mm -hmm. staff, but these guys have, they, they, the buy-in has been incredible. And I think that's where you're starting to already see an impact of the culture seems to have taken a shift is because they've bought into that. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I can't control somebody to do that if that makes sense. I don't. Yeah. I don't have that. I can influence, um, but it's these guys making personal decisions of, you know what? I, I'm buying into this message. I'm buying into these things. I want it for my life, and then they're they're taking it, applic- uh, making application out of it. And I think it's an incredible deal.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, so who are some people who have impacted you
0: as a leader and kind of like given you? Because you obviously have a pretty high level of expectations for yourself as a leader, but also a pretty clear passion. Um, and I think that, I mean, no man is an island. So yes. they probably didn't, just, probably didn't just wake up like that. You mean, like, like, like I've heard quite a bit, you're built different. But <laughs> <laughs> oftentimes that's off the, off the backs of the people around us, right? Yeah. So who are some people who really have kind of impacted you in this yeah, journey? Yeah,
2: there's, there's a, a lot. And, um, and so you, you hit the nail on the head. Um, you know, the first one I would say is, is my dad. Um, You know, my dad was a uh, was an alcoholic growing up. Um, um, My family life was was a little dysfunctional. My mom moved actually to Alaska when I was four years old and took my little sister because things weren't going well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so I didn't grow up around my mom and I grew up around my alcoholic father and and we have a tremendous relationship. But at um, I think I was around 11 or 12 years old, um, you know, he ended up um, coming to know Jesus. And I literally saw somebody be born again. You know, I, I yeah. think I think the Baptist denomination uses that term quite a bit, but mm-hmm. um, you could say make a, a new creation. Um, but but I literally saw that transformation take place, and it was so profound for me of watching the power of the Holy Spirit um, just intercede in somebody's life, um, the redemptive love of Christ intercede in somebody's life, and so um, I got to see that firsthand. And my dad um, is has possesses a tremendous amount of wisdom, and um, has uh, he he probably hasn't been responsible for. Uh, leading tons of people, but I've watched him act in integrity, and I've watched him in individual relationships lead people and influence by just being a man of character and integrity. So that's been huge. Um, Frosty Westering, he was the head coach at Pacific Lutheran University out in uh, Washington, won a couple Mm -hmm. national championships. I've only met Frosty once, um, but Frosty really created this this idea of biblical football. And it's what I was, what I went in, uh, the program I went and played in it was, it, it was from a Frosty descendant. And yeah. even though I've only met Frosty once, he's had a profound impact on who I am as a leader mm-hmm. and what I believe in and the ability to articulate the stuff that we talk about. It, it, a yeah. lot of it comes from him. Um, another man is Eric Heyman. Eric Heyman was a former Taylor alum. He's my Taylor connection. Mm-hmm. Um, he was my head coach in college, and now he's the head coach of at Olivet Nazarene. Um, Eric possessed an incredible amount of, of fierce resolve, is, is how I put it, but also one of the most humble men I've met and showed me that... As a as a man after um, as a Christian man, you can have both. Yeah. They're not mutually exclusive. Um, and he showed me really, I think, a great example of what biblical manhood looks like, with the way he attacks problems, but does so with a humble heart. Mm-hmm. And so tremendous uh, tremendous impact there. He actually is the reason I'm coaching. He cast vision for me doing that. Um, was wouldn't leave me alone about it. And then <laughs> I I said, all right, fine, and you know, prayed about it and, and felt called into the profession. And that's the rest is history. Um, yeah. A couple other guys, Ordell Walker was a a guy I coached for for about seven years. Um, And uh, he he taught me, um, uh, he really was a convicted individual. And uh, meaning like he just had such belief and convictions about doing things a certain way because he overanalyzed everything Mm -hmm. in a positive way. Super analytical mind and taught me to test everything. So when you test things and you're critical of everything, what happens is you gain a deeper level of why, why is this the way it is? Like, don't take things for just face value, but dive deeper. Um, mm-hmm. What's really at the root of it, he taught me that. And so, um, tremendous leader with that. And then the last uh, coach I worked for out in Dort, um, Joel Penner, he's, um, I mean, the, the influence on him is, uh, by him, uh, for me, it was just incredible. Um, I saw him take a program that never won more than two games in a season, and then last year we were in the national playoffs. Oh, at wow. a school that nobody said was ever gonna do anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he dreamed a big dream. <laughs> um, had an had a audacious vision. Um, I, you know, the implementation of, of that vision um, was incredible. The culture that was created there was incredible. Um, really, did a great job of letting our co- let us coaches coach, which was which is a huge leadership lesson. And for a guy that's you know a, a now in a new head coaching position, is you can't control everything, and so don't try. Um, mm-hmm. Matter of fact, you'll burn out your. Burn out the assistant coaches. Um, You need to influence and help them do their job uh, to the best of their ability and and try to draw out the max potential out of every individual in the organization. And He did a really good job of that and uh, was incredible about articulating what we're trying to do with, with biblical football. And so, yeah, those are some of the top people. I like to read books, obviously, too, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, listen to podcasts. I've been really onto the Craig Groeschel re- recently. Mm, he has trim- the leadership. Leadership, leadership. podcast. And so there's just, you know, I've got a 20-minute drive in from Marion, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you flip that on and you're getting nugget after nugget of just leadership um, you know, gold, mm-hmm. and uh, and so he's he'll bring on guests, and he does a really good job of being like concise, very concise. Yep,
0: he doesn't he doesn't have too much fluff. Not at all. He's he's he very about. he's
2: he's a I think he's a pretty rigid individual. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very good, like you said, at concise and. And it's not like you'll get a 20 minute talk and the amount of meat in that mm. is, is almost more than you'll get from anything else. And so I've been I've been really. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've been I've been blown away by it. But also just it's, it's definitely influential. And, and, the, and that's the part of being a leader, too, is you constantly should be learning mm-hmm. God speaking, you know, um, through different people, through echoes. Um, just the just, idea
0: of like sharpening the saw right all the time. Like making yeah. sure that you're always making sure that you're at your best as well to help serve others. A-
2: absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's it's random text you get from people. it's it's uh, you know players, players uh, giving you feedback on certain things. It's a random conversation you have with this person. Mm-hmm. I think God works and flows through a lot of that. and um, you know it's, all of a sudden, it's a scripture that you're reading and things line up and you're like, okay, God, I hear you I hear you loud and clear and sometimes he has to beat me over the head with it, but um, <laughs> but but I definitely have experienced that mm-hmm. um, in my short time in this role.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: i think
1: oh man i was gonna say something um one thing that i think especially tough because at a christian college you have to balance as a coach is the balance between making sure that football is important but making sure that football isn't an idol how do you as a coach balance for your players um making sure that they are putting as much as they can into football while not making that the number one thing in their life
2: yeah, that's a great question. Well, there's a saying that we had at Dort: um, winning, uh, winning is legitimate. Which, just for
0: a clarification, Dort is in Iowa, right?
2: Dort's in Iowa. You've probably never heard of it. So you went um, from
0: you went from one cornfield to another cornfield.
2: Yes, yeah, the northwest corner of Iowa. Frigid, mm-hmm. frigid winters. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, out in the middle, I mean, they, you don't stumble apro- uh, across Dort like there's. Yeah. You, you don't. you You don't. You you drive for about eight hours through cornfields, and you're finally mm-hmm. there. That's what it's like. Okay. So. Uh, um, yeah, so I never I, I hadn't even heard of Dort before I took the job. Yeah. I, get, I get the call of the, you know the head coach. He was a first time head coach. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, I, I want to go. Um, I'm thinking about this job. Actually, told me he didn't want to go. He said, uh, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to take this job, but if I go, I'm not going unless you go with me. It was one of those types yeah. of things, and and, uh, and so I was like, all right, and then uh, the rest is history, but <laughs> what was the original question you are talking about, all the I- idolatry? Yeah, yeah. How, do, how do
0: you have them put 100% oh, man. in?
2: that's tough, and, it, and, it, and it's, uh, it's, it's super tough, and I think it's a tough challenge that they're going to have for the rest of their lives. Um, mm-hmm. you, can, you can make anything. Uh, we can make academics yeah. into an idol, like achievement into idols. Um and so football certainly has that ability to do it, and uh, and so we're we're fighting that fight all the time. But mm-hmm. a saying we had, and I and I brought it here, is, is winning was, is legitimate. It's a legitimate goal, but our purpose has to be ultimate. Yeah. And so there's a tension that exists between that because if you make winning your ultimate, it's certainly going to get out of place, and and uh, it can become an idol. And and I think mm-hmm. scripture is clear about no man can serve two masters. If yeah. you serve the master of winning, um, you're probably you're probably falling short in other areas, and. Um, mm-hmm. And I would imagine that that's not where God <laughs> God wants our uh, uh, our hearts to be. It's, it's important true. that our hearts remain pure in that. And I think it goes back to some of that identity stuff that I was talking about earlier, of getting these guys to understand who they are, who they were called to be. Um, you know, why why should we compete really hard? Is it for us to try to create validation and worth for ourselves on a football field? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, that's what it is, and and people yeah. don't talk about this. But why why would somebody be so compelled to play as play as hard as they can? um slam their body as hard as they can into another human being what is it that drives them yeah and i think when you really peel back the layers of the onion for most people it's there's a belief that this game if i become good at it it proves i'm worthy and valuable mm-hmm. and i and we are working so hard to combat that it's that's a challenge for me in my own life like you yeah. think about it as a coach like it's like well if we just beat this team you know it's going to i'm going to be seen as this really really good coach you know yeah. like that's it's going to exist for everybody and and, and there's scoreboards everywhere but that's that's a lie because I, I've experienced winning, and here's here's the reality. And I've experienced losing too. You win football games, and yes, there's a there's a temporary high that's associated with that, mm-hmm. but it's never never satisfying the way you think it's going to be. Yeah, um, I showed a clip to the team um, this and during training camp to try to really bring this message home. Tom Brady was speaking on sixty minutes um, after he won his third, third Super Bowl, and he literally said to the uh, to the to the reporter, um, the one that was interviewing him, said this this was it like I just went through Super Bowl this is it this is this is it and I'm like I mean he's like I thought it would be more and I'm like whoa (laughs) like he's literally saying what I believe and I think Mm -hmm. what so many people think you think it's going to give you something in your life it's not going to yeah and so whether you win or lose the football game who you are like that doesn't change. Your value and worth doesn't change. It's not mm-hmm. that scoreboard doesn't get to dictate for me, get yeah. to dictate my value. And the world will tell you that's that is where it's at. And and I think scripture points this. No, I, I'm valuable and worthy because I'm a, I'm the son of the living king mm-hmm. um, because because of Jesus Christ, um, who's who's redeemed me. That's why I'm valuable and worthy. And I want our guys motivation source to come from a place of I want to compete because I love competition. God's give me the talent and ability to play this game. Uh, I feel called to do so here at Taylor University. It's not a mistake, mm-hmm. and I want to do it for Him and His glory. Like I, yeah. I want our motivation to compel us to a place of like fight even harder because of those being that being our mm-hmm. motivation source. And because I love the EMAP Brotherhood, I love mm, yeah. I love the guys on the team. i want to fight so hard for them, not out of this place of selfish ambition, which mm-hmm. is I think where you see most athletes and most people we truly live. Like, yeah. and I think it's important to ask yourself the question like why Why do I compete so hard? Why do I fight so hard? Why does this matter as much? Uh, to me, um, why is it? Why is it even important? And I think it's important to ask those
1: questions. And we we constantly are with with our team. Mm-hmm. I I'm so jealous. I don't get to go to EMAT. Like that is <laughs> the EMAT awards. I'm so jealous. Okay, we have another caller. Hello, can you hear me, caller? One second. Go ahead, Tyler. Yes. Uh, hey, Coach. Um, So, rumor has it, you are uh, pretty good at basketball. Um, What is your strongest piece of your basketball game, and can any of the coaches or players beat you? Um, And third part, does he want to play on the – Firstbrook intramural team? <laughs> uh, so, so I will, uh, I'll start with that last question. Um, absolutely not. Uh, my wife
2: will not sign the permission slip because she doesn't want me to get another surgery on my knee or anything um, as far as playing intramurals. Um, I do believe there's there's a chance people could beat me. Um, it just hasn't happened. Um, and uh, and uh, I love that. I'd say my, my strongest part of the game is is probably um, my shooting, which is what most people would see, this big red-headed... Pale guy, and they would go um, with a bunch of freckles, and they go that guy probably doesn't play very uh, play basketball. And I'm like, yeah, I, I I played a little bit, dabbled in it growing up, and and I enjoy it. I've got a basketball hoop in the backyard. To ensure that players don't beat me, I, I got to get a lot of practice. <laughs> on, so. Stay up to it, yeah, yeah. So, um, no, I I love basketball. Um, it was actually my first love when it comes to, when it came to athletics, and still uh, still a huge Trailblazer fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up five minutes down the road from the University of Oregon um, mm. and, and lived there. And my grandmother actually painted her house green and yellow. Like, I'm talking some serious fanfare yeah. there, right? Like, like kind of ridiculous, like Oregon Duck Christmas tree <laughs> type stuff and, and mm. all that. And so I grew up around that. And, um, you know, so I've gone to a lot of Oregon Duck basketball games and, and I have some special memories from that. And so I love basketball. But, you know, I, I don't know, a lot of times when it comes to crunch time um, with the player player trying to beat me they just typically they falter for some whatever reason and and uh you know I I don't and so
0: though we have heard that it's really your wife who's the wife w- the, the, the wife stud. is
2: the wife is much better yeah and uh she actually played basketball in college mm-hmm. and uh um, I heard you
0: guys were playing horse or something and she just embarrassed some people
2: uh yeah, somewhat. Uh, you know, she—I'll I'll be real. She's 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 not going to listen to this. Uh, she, she was not on her A game that day. <laughs> okay, and uh, and so I had to really carry the weight. And and uh, I like I said, I got to make sure she doesn't hear that because she wouldn't like me saying mm-hmm. it. But yeah. um, but normally she she does beat me when we play horse. Like she uh, she's a really good mid range jumper, and and mm-hmm. um, it's annoying playing horse with her because it will feel like you have twelve shots in a row of like just following her, trying to make it, mm-hmm. trying not to catch letters because she doesn't miss. Yeah, yeah. that's hilarious.
1: We're going to go ahead and take a short break, um, play a song real quick, and we'll come back.
3: Out on glacier lakes. Oh, you locked me out for days. A pointed lens, you turned your face. We could never feel comfortable in this way. When I was everything that you wanted. faith It felt as we were living in our forehead
0: Back on, we're back on. All oh, right, on. how about we all just, Perfect. you know, take one, a deep breath. Oh, two, oh there it is. Two, hey, it's a good song. About moss. Oh, there's Sorry. another good song. Sometimes we don't always turn it's the autoplay play off. Yeah,
1: I thought but, I did, and I missed it. Yeah, that button. I've got a, a poem a, for us today. I'll take a okay. deep breath
0: before this poem. <sighs> nice little restful.
1: <clears throat> I got this last night at one of my meetings. I was like, "Well, I have a poem on my back now." Normally, he's the guy that brings the poems. Okay. Yeah. But Because I don't read poetry that often. Okay. Who am I? They often tell me. I stepped from my cell's confinement, calmly, cheerfully, firmly, like a squire from his country house. Who am I? They often tell me. I used to speak my words freely and friendly and clearly. As through it were mine to command. Who am I? They also tell me. I bore the days of misfortune equally, smilingly, proudly, like one accustomed to win. And th- am I then really that which other men tell of? Or am I only what I myself know of myself? Restless and longing and sick like a bird in a cage, struggling for breath as though hands were compressing, my throat yearning for colors, for flowers, for the voices of birds, thirsting for words of kindness, for neighborliness, tossing in expectation of great events, powerlessly trembling for friends at an infinite distance, distance, weary and empty at praying, at thinking, at making, faint and ready to say farewell to it all. Who am I, this or the other? Am I one person today or in to, tomorrow another? Am I both at once a hypocrite before others? And before myself a contemptible, will begone weakling. Or is something within me like a be an army fleeing in disorder from victory already achieved? Who am I? They mock me. These l- lonely question of mine, whoever I am, thou knowest, O oh God, I am thine.
2: Beautiful. That was outstanding. Yes. yes. I, love I actually
1: it. didn't read that before. So that was a. Who is it by? Um, Jahari, not sure. Jahari window is on the sheet, so I'm guessing probably Jahari window. Yeah.
0: Well, take it away, Mr. Napsky. <clears throat> so we're
1: at the funner segment, the more fun. My grammar these days. Um, <laughs> what you said? We'll start off with books, because we. You said you enjoy books. What are uh, some of the, like the big books that you have read? Yeah. And have, top
0: oh. th- top three books. Ooh.
1: Well, right now, I'm thinking
2: the one I'm reading right now is, is going to be up there, okay. um, Chase the Lion by Mark Batterson. Hmm. Um, it, it talks about um, in dreaming big dreams, which is, what the, which is essentially what I've got for Taylor football um, and how God inspires those dreams. And they're not just they're not mm-hmm. something that just kind of happened at, like they're they're uh, interjected and kind of in who we are. And, uh, you know, just what it looks like to, um, it's like a verse I shared with the team yesterday of going down a snowy pit, ben I go down a snowy pit, uh, or on a snowy day going down a pit and chasing a lion down there and killing it. And mm-hmm. uh, I just, I get cranked up about that kind of stuff. I think that's who God created us to ah. as men, as, as uh, warriors. I think um, we lose sight of that often. And obviously we're not going to probably literally chase lions down into pits, and kill them, but there are lion types problems in, in our in our world. There's lion type of um, relationship problems, um, tasks that we have, responsibilities that we have to rely on the strength of God to in order to conquer them and kill them. And yeah, and uh, and so I, I, you know, I'm just I'm all about that. <laughs> um, the uh, other couple books yeah just come to mind. Uh, you know, another one I really enjoyed was Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. Mm. Um, just how do you? This is it's a really good book on leadership. Yeah, and he's a you know a former Navy SEAL. um, My dad talks about that one a lot. Yeah, and it it just you know there's there's a lot of principles from that, but essentially what extreme ownership is is that um, any problem is my responsibility uh, to get it fixed, and I and I I don't blame anybody for it. I don't complain about the problem. Essentially, it's it's a um, I take complete ownership. Extreme ownership is how he says, and I find a way to fix problems. I find a way to get it done. And most people are very good at identifying problems. Um, and not great at coming up with solutions. And Jocko, you know, Jocko's a solution-focused guy. When, when you're in the military, you have to be or, or you die. I mean, that's essentially where mm-hmm. yeah. the mission fails. And so I thought that was an incredible book. I like that. And another one that's been pretty big for me, I read uh, probably 11, 12 years ago. It's called The Handbook on Athletic Perfection or Coaching Perfection, one or two. I think it was is it Les Neal that wrote that. Uh, one of the most challenging books about Christian Athletic competition ever you read the book and you have like this tension that exists in your chest and like your spirit like but you know You want to make excuses, but Mm -hmm. what about this? And what about that because he's he's talking about this idea of dying to the scoreboard and if you say you're doing it for God Like what does that truly look like Does God doesn't need that scoreboard to go in your favor or our favor for him to be glorified like and you're like struggling with it Because you like no, but I really want the scoreboard to go well very challenging book um, was very foundational um, with a lot of the beliefs I have and, and uh, convictions I have, and, and it helped shape and form some of those things. And so, yeah, those are those are three that, um, I, you know, I love the book Wild at Heart. That was another one that I remember reading mm-hmm. um, where I felt like I was laughing out loud a lot because I was laughing at myself. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you always love books that mm-hmm. that, that can do that. Um, I've read a lot of coaching books, I, and those are more for enjoyment Yeah, probably. Um, getting Things Done is a book that I would highly recommend anybody that's going to go into a corporate world um, business world about just how to complete tasks. How do you break down, uh, large tasks and, and, uh, into small parts so you can actually accomplish, accomplish things. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like a, just kind of an organizational type thing. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. A lot of good stuff out there.
0: Now, what would you say like your top three movies or TV shows?
2: Hmm. Ooh. Well, uh, Dumb and Dumber has got to be up there because I think it's, a it's good one. I think it's uh, it's not just a good one. I think it's the greatest comedy okay. ever created. And I'll, and I'll tell you why. Because most comedies require a level of raunchiness. They, like, go to this place yeah. of, like, raunchiness um, to try to be funny. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that takes um, a lot of, uh, one, it's hard to watch. But then, two, I don't think it takes a lot of, in- uh, you know, like, intelligence or yeah. innovation to, like, make a comedy that's not reliant upon that. Because it's line after line of just nonstop. I That's think true. comedy. And those, the who they cast for it was incredible. Um, hey, add it to the list. Add, add it to, to the list. Dumb and Dumber, man. Add it's, it to the list. It's, it's incredible. I, uh, think, I think Levi has that one. Yeah. Oh, I've you...
0: watched it, but it's been a while.
2: Well, it, 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 apparently it's an old movie now, and that blows my it mind. Is. I was teaching a class a few years ago at, at the college I was at, and I, I said a Dumb and Dumber line, and everybody looked at me like they had no idea what I was talking about. That's when I first realized okay I'm now no longer in this generation. Right. It's, it's, yeah. Now there is a generational gap. You know, I'm not that old but it's <laughs> yeah. uh apparently this is an old movie now. Um in 94 I think it was when it was created and I guess mm. that's before a lot of guys were born so yeah, it's about 6 know.
0: years before me. Yeah. yeah,
2: that's crazy. Um I you know Bravehearts up there. Um, wow. I, I love love movies that are stories about um you know just just I think most men are attracted to that, like men that have a, a purpose and a cause that they're fighting for, that are w- they're willing to die for, mm-hmm. and they, um, because they believe in it so much, and then they have a freedom that when they fight, like, yeah. I shared this with the team, like, what is it about Braveheart, Gladiator, um, you know, those types of movies, they're kind of all the same thing, like, these guys have lost something dear to them in life, so they've, like, surrendered everything, right, like, yeah. essentially, because, they, and, 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 and unfortunately, it was, like, <clears throat> they had deaths that they experienced to loved ones, and they... They uh, so it was ripped from them. Yeah. But they got to a place in life where, like, they no longer feared death. They had a cause that they believed in that was worthy to fight for, and they went at it and attacked it with a freedom that that most people don't get to experience. And so, yeah. um, so I yeah, I love those type of movies. The third one that. That'd be tough. Um, I did enjoy the Friday Night Lights TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm watching that right now. Uh, it, it's pretty good, and yeah. I I normally don't like football stuff like that because they get really corny. But yes, I, I, I it was kind of like feels it, real. I kind of liked it, you know. Yeah. And you you feel like you're in Dillon, Texas, uh-huh. and uh, you mm-hmm. know, and and down there, and start to really like get connected to the characters. And I thought they did a pretty good job with that show.
1: The head coach is just an amazing actor for that. Yeah, absolutely. Like the absolutely. way like I just like cannot see, imagine him any other way. Yeah. Like that just feels so gen. He just feels so real. Yeah, absolutely.
2: No, no, and and the, the whole dynamics like him and his wife and yeah. the things she goes through, his daughter what she goes through yeah. and then all the players and so mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's it's it was pretty good.
1: Um our roommate has a Brave Art leave Fraser, has a Brave Art poster in our room and I've lived with him for 3 years. Yeah,
2: it's
0: about like a <sighs> 3 like a, a two and a half by three like foot. Like a big movie Like movie poster. original poster framed and hung in our room.
2: I, I'm not, you know, I'm not surprised one bit that he has yeah. that. So, and I'm also very proud that he has that. And I, and,
1: uh, <laughs> he, and his, I think his one thing that he, he came on, he was our first guest. Yeah. Because we were just like making sure that he was, everything was going to go well and we didn't really plan anybody out. And he's like, Trevin, it has been my goal. Because I'm not a huge movie person or movie watcher. And he's like, it's been my goal for three years to show you Braveheart, and I have still failed in that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you <laughs> haven't seen it, and I haven't hey, seen it. What, what are you holding weekend. out for? <laughs>
0: um, it's just time constraints. I think it's I, in fairness. In fairness, it's hard. It's rare that all three of us are in the room. Mm-hmm. In yeah. large part, on Levi, he yeah, because the man's engaged. Yep. Like he's got other responsibilities in life. Yeah, and that we're all in, the, and it's a long movie. It's like a four-hour movie. It is, but it's gobbled.
2: It's gonna change your life, so I I think you need to find a way to carve out some time. Yeah, and I mean, we also
0: the the speech from it was shown in our international security class, so it's also an academic.
2: It's very academic, and uh, yeah, (laughs) and if you like poetry, it's it's very poetic. It's very poetic. Uh, Have you seen Gladiator?
1: No, no. We also I haven't watched that either. Wow. Okay. Well, you guys, I I would just highly encourage it. I'm just the kind of person to like, especially at night. Like, to if we start watching movie, like we start watching movies at like eleven o'clock, and if I like just, like, feel the slightest urge to go to bed after, like, an hour, I probably would just, like, end up, like, fall going to bed. Like, I just, like, lay down in bed. Southpaw this weekend. Yeah, we watched Southpaw this weekend, and I just, like, lay down in my bed just because I didn't want them to make fun of me, so I turned my (laughs) head towards the TV but then fell asleep right there. (laughs) Southpaw's pretty heavy. Yeah. So that was big. Um,
0: Anyways, um, this is all the time we have with Coach Mingo. He's got... (laughs) bigger and better <laughs> responsibilities <laughs> but um thank you so much for coming on yeah, we appreciate it so absolutely. much this
2: is a uh, very enjoyable thanks for having me guys of course. And, and, yeah uh, yeah good luck we'll, these next few weeks yeah, absolutely absolutely we're gonna keep getting after it and keep getting better and yeah it's uh sure. the exciting end of the season yeah, yeah. Awesome. big Iowa
1: game too huh big Iowa game big, big Iowa game yes big I- like we're, Wait, we're, we'll, we'll be there dang. we'll be there probably um shirtless or something I don't know i I'll, I'll keep my shirt on. <laughs> um, I want to keep my job, but uh, I, I, you know, I'm I'm on full support
2: of whatever you want to do in the stands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we appreciate it so much, though. All right, thanks, guys. Of course. Yeah. Um, well, it's
1: just us. It's just us. Man, we haven't while. What this a delightful a, hour! We haven't
0: had this in a while. This was delightful. He goes 100 miles an hour, doesn't he? that it? was awesome? Like
1: yeah. I, I, between the calls and the the callers were funny. I I enjoyed that. Yeah, it did kind of break up the.
0: It did kind of break it up, but I think. Who knows what would have happened if we kept going? You know.
1: Yeah, um, we have a teaser. We do have a teaser. We have a. You might get our fans might get double dipped this weekend.
0: Double dipped, you say?
1: Double dipped. All right. Um, because we're still planning on having our show next week.
0: We are, we are. Um, we might also. So just this is for the future to keep in mind. We're thinking of, um, inspired by Jack Kerouac and on the road, on the road segment. Um, Jack Kerouac was a nineteen fifties. 1960s author um, of the Beat Movement, and he published this book called On the Road, where it's basically just him and his friends going cross country. And it just so happens um, that we have a certain break coming up. Is that true? And,
1: and, yeah, they call it um falling break, I believe, or tripping break. Uh, yeah, because like fall, I think fall break. I th- we we and for our fall break, we have decided that we're going to go to a m- mountain and fall down it.
0: Something like that. Um, Yeah. That was one of your better puns, I must admit. Yeah. Oh, very funny, very funny. Delightful.
1: Um, So we yeah. So obviously we live in Indiana. We do. Not many mountains. For our international listeners. International listeners. Um We live in Indiana. If you don't know what Indiana is, it's a lot of cornfields, not many mountains. No elevation. No elevation. Well there is elevation, but we're like we're we're high up in the elevation. Like it's flat it's just flat. Nice for
0: bike rides, you're always going downhill.
1: Um so we are going to a mountain. We are in. It's called Mount the Mitchell. great state of North Carolina. North Carolina. Um, also we have Mount two Craig. guests. Uh, I believe two guests will be tagging along w- with we us. Should him as a
0: surprise, or should we just spoil it now?
1: Well, one of them. They consider him. Yeah, I. I don't have any puns because I don't really know what his name is. There, we have a guest that is from the. Big, big, big state of Alaska. Of Alaska, yeah. And I so hate. So call him Alaska. So if you or anything close to Taylor, you probably already know him. Yeah. The, our other friend, um, he's kind of fubbish. I don't know what that means.
0: Yeah, he um he's the only other person I've ever met with a flip phone, which is fun. Yeah.
1: And yeah. I think it's going to be delightful. And who um, knows what color his hair will be. Yeah, who knows what
0: color his hair will be. I think it'll be delightful. I think there's going to be... We're still not really sure. How to oh, I heard, I heard we this guy was format. wanted. He was No, wanted. not
1: wanted. He was just told... People told him to stay away.
0: He's just weird. Um, I think there's going to be a bunch of different personalities meshing together. We might give some histories, some stories. Might be some good Foley sound effects for those of you who know what that means. Um,
1: it will be... Poor yeah. quality. I think. Well, no.
0: I think it'll be high quality. I think it'll be high quality. Well, okay, but well, keep we're in mind have one we have microphone. a film major. We have a microphone.
1: But how we're gonna? Ha- Just Let's
0: we'll figure that out later. Um, but we yeah, don't have a plan. the one thing we don't that you should keep in mind is we have no plans. We have literally no plans going into this. I'm the only one who knows how he's gonna sleep. No one has a tent. Uh, we have no idea what food we're gonna get. We have no idea where we're gonna stay. The only thing that we know is that we're gonna go up and down that mountain. Yeah. Um, which happens to be Mount Mitchell the highest mountain on the eastern seaboard uh Mount Craig is the second highest if we want to kick in another extra six miles we can add that to under our belts um it's gonna be a fun opportunity but yeah gonna be a long road trip um might stay a little where in Kentucky who knows
1: yeah so t- stay tuned yeah Or my secretary is just gonna have so much work this weekend
0: Good thing he doesn't have any homework until next Friday.
1: Yeah. I know. Isn't that crazy? That's so crazy. Thank goodness he planned out his life.
0: I know. So, um, but yeah, to all of our listeners, that's kind of the sneak peek of what to kind of expect. I think next week, do we you remember a, who our guest is? I think it I, might be... It's a
1: It's a doctor. Um. You sure? I believe it's the...
0: I think it's a reverend.
1: I think it's a doctor.
0: You think it's a doctor? Let's check.
1: I, I don't think it's the doctor.
0: I don't know campus. if it's the reverend.
1: No, no, no. Not the Reverend. Um,
0: I think it's the Reverend. You think so? We have the Reverend coming in next week. Really? Next week, you're in for a treat. Next week, we have Reverend Greg Dyson. Yeah. That's and for be... those of you who know, and those of you who don't know, you will know. Because he is a amazing man, and we are truly blessed with
1: his presence. I, it's going to be electric, probably.
0: Yeah. But I think that's kind of all we have for you guys this week. Thanks for listening. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe.
1: We don't have a subscribe option. Just follow. Leave a comment or or share.
0: Um, I don't know. Can you comment? You can send mail to us. You can send all of your fan mail to two three six West Reed Ave, Upland Indiana, four six nine eight nine Bergwalt one seventeen.
1: Yeah, put a name. Put a name though. Rest a spell. Rest a spell. They'll know what to do. They'll (coughs) not. I don't know, but. Yeah, let us know if you're going to send us fan mail.
0: I love you, Mom. Good night.
1: See you, Mother.